Welcome to the Kayla Ambrose Show. I'm your host and your travel guide to the other side, Kayla Ambrose. And I'm back here today with part two of a podcast talking about money, the evolution of money, the energy of money, the flow of money, and what that's going to mean for now and the future. As always, follow me on my website, exploreyourspirit.com. Sign up for my free newsletter, which allows me to stay in touch with you. The way things are changing in this world, you never know where a podcast can stay, where things get changed in social media. If we're connected through the newsletter, I can always let you know where to find me and where to get more information about everything. Easy to do, just go to exploreyourspirit.com, sign up there for the free newsletter. Okay, let's get into it. So, I was thinking about Disney World the other day. How in the 1960s, Disney World had a section of the park called Tomorrowland. And it was really excited talking about how we were entering the space age. And all of these new things that were soon to come our way because of it. Technology and uh, everything. The new tomorrow. And there was a real optimism about that in the 60s. We were going to put a man on the moon. We had rocket technology. Even the cartoons that they showed. The Jetsons. You took your spaceship to work. Uh, You had a robot that was there helping in the house. It seemed like everything was going to be here really soon. And I would hear people talk about the year 2000. And it sounded so futuristic and amazing. We couldn't wait to see. Would would there be hovercraft instead of cars? Would we live in cities that were above the ground that floated above in some way? All of these things. And yet, it seems like we've gone painfully slow and in some ways moving backwards. If you think about it, that was 60 years ago. 60 years And we're still lagging in places so much. Now, thanks to Elon Musk and some others, we are moving ahead a little bit with the space exploration. But it just seems like a lot of that should be happening here on Earth as well. The fact that we still use cars that run on gasoline, that it's still a fight to get people to understand even an electrical car, much less going to uh, some other type of fusion, some other type of hybrid that cars run on. Why aren't we in hovercraft that kind of flies um, and defies gravity where we're not using roads anymore? I know we have drones that we're talking about for delivery, but I'm talking about entire crafts. It seems like the technology is there, but it's being held back for some reason. That's a whole other show, isn't it? Today, we're just going to talk about money and the energy of it and what should be coming, what should be coming around the corner, um, and we'll see if it's held back or not by one situation or another. So how do we get to all those things that are higher technology? Well, it starts by having intelligence in the technology, and that's what we call smart. When we describe a smartphone, It's the chip in the phone that actually makes it smart, that allows it to do all the things it does. When there's something in technology that's 
groundbreaking. It all goes down to that tiny little chip in it. So we're going to see more and more smart devices that gather data and share data that will be chipped possibly in the next decade. Most everything will have a chip in it. If you think this sounds really quick to happen, I'd like to remind you to think about the smartphone. In 2007, I think it was, the first smartphone came out. And I think that was the Apple iPhone version one. And it took about two years for that really to take off, where it was a lot of apps and a lot of things to use. So probably, let's say, 2009 was a real peak period where you probably knew a lot of people that had an iPhone or some type of smartphone by 2009. That's not that long ago. That is not that long ago to see when the technology leaped just in your phone. Think of what your phone was before, even your cell phone. Maybe you could text, you could do a few things, but nothing like a smartphone. And the technology now is just going to get faster. So I do think within a decade, everything will be smart in some way. Now, you've seen this maybe with appliances. Talk about smart refrigerator, smart appliances that let you know things. That has been slowed down a little bit by the pandemic with all of the factories and things making all these products being slowed down and stopped for a while, including chip making. So now we're trying to catch back up. That's why the prices of cars went up so much, because so many parts weren't available to finish manufacturing the cars or to repair cars. And most importantly, the chips that run so many different things in a car. I don't know the exact number, but I think there are, I'm guessing here, but there has to be somewhere between hundreds to a thousand, I would guess, chips just to run the car these days. Someone will probably correct me on that. It's probably more, but a lot, a lot of chips to run those cars. And so eventually everything's going to have a chip in it. You'll have a chip in your light bulb. You'll have a chip in your lamp. There'll be a chip in all kinds of things like that to tell you when something is getting near its life cycle, needs to be changed, updated, upgraded. Eventually, everything you buy is going to have a chip in it. Part of these will be for your use, and part of these chips will be integrated for manufacturer use. For example, there may be a tiny chip in your sneaker. You won't even know it's there, but it lets the manufacturer know how well the sneaker holds up after the wear and tear that's put on it, the pressure. It may radiate that information back to let them know, do, does the tread really hold? Does the cushioning really hold? Some of these chips will be that microscopic and just sending back that type of information. But we've seen medical devices that are attaching to people now that you can check your sugar levels or other things with a medical attachment you're wearing on your body that has a chip in it so you can even check from your phone. And that may go even further with medical devices here soon. And as we've seen with the metaverse and Oculus wearing the goggles like that, hopefully that's going to be smoothed down soon from the heavy goggles across the face into some type of glasses. These glasses will have a chip in them and the screen will appear before your eyes. And that chip will allow you to probably speak with it as well to engage what you want to see, to scroll instead of using a computer screen. And uh, eventually, 
to peruse stores and shop and speak and just order as you look right there uh, through your glasses. One of the things that's been holding us back is actually batteries. It's power, it's energy. And of course, we all talk about Tesla and the things he created. Uh, and he had created a machine that he described as being able to power everything without using resources that we normally use. He had created that, but it was said to be put under wraps because uh, it was free. So we'll see if someone gets around to restoring that and is able to create it. But whatever we do, we're going to have to do something than the current way we do batteries. I hear a lot of talk about this, about somehow it'll be through light. There'll be light waves. So take the concept of solar energy. However, it'll be more directly beamed in waves of energy. So you won't see it. It'll be more like Wi-Fi. You'll have some type of uh, adapter in your home that, that helps beam in this light wave particle energy. And this will charge everything in your home. So everything will be attuned. And the exciting thing about that is no more plugs. There won't be the same type of electrical wires running through your house. There won't be the need for everything to be plugged in and to be charged. Wherever your phone is, it's being charged in your home, uh, just like it has Wi-Fi connection. Everything will run on that type of grid without being plugged in directly. I wish I could say the exact time, but if I had to guess, I'm going to say within the next 20 years, this will be a thing. This is the new modern home that's coming. The only reason I hesitate, because honestly, it should be here already, but there's a lot of money and a lot of types of energy, and so things get stalled. So for some people, the idea of chips and everything throws them off a little bit, but we're going to go even much deeper with technology, and the presence of nanobots is going to be around a lot, nanotechnology. And so they are going to be moving in all types of things, and uh, products that we create, uh, even in clothing, they'll be in fabrics to kind of knit the fabrics together and to keep them strong. So you might be wearing a fabric that feels super light, but the nanobot technology in it keeps the material really strong uh, and protects you. This could be nanobot technology like this, making the next bulletproof vest that's much lighter to wear, but the nanobots, as they do their work, make it impervious, make it so strong that it's literally bulletproof in that regard. And we'll see this in other clothing as well, where there are pants that aren't easily ripped, like cargo pants that can be worn out hiking or um, under strenuous physical contact. Probably we'll see them first in things like camo pants for the military, and then eventually they'll come into the consumer market. There'll also be some playful touches with that. I remember back, I think it was in the 80s, there was some technology that you could wear a shirt and the shirt changed colors according to your body temperature. It's really fun to see as the shirt would change across a person's body. I think we'll see that with the nanobot technology, that the shirt itself will change colors, maybe a sheen to it, 
And also where you look at a t-shirt now and you see like a graphic on the front that's been screen printed on there, this with the nanobot technology, you'll see the graphics change. You might be able to import like three to five of your favorite pictures and have them change on your shirt. The, the possibilities are kind of endless with what that could do, how shirts could be sold like that with logos on them, with advertising, with little movie bites playing. Think of like a GIF right now and, and picture that kind of moving on a t-shirt coming to you soon. So I said this podcast was about money, but so far I'm talking about technology and energy. And so you might be wondering why. The reason why is I feel like we're going into the next revolution. The last one was the technical revolution, really. Before that was the industrial revolution. And so here comes our next revolution, which is more space-related. A different type of technology, the next leap, let's call it. So with all of these inventions and changes coming, it's going to change money. And that's why I started the last podcast with why we're going to move into cryptocurrency and why blockchain technology is going to be crucial to do this. Everything will be speeded up and moving quicker, and the old concepts of money will not work in the same way. When technology is moving at that speed, and our products, and our clothing, and in everything, money has to be digital and work quicker as well, to be in things like the metaverse and pay for things in real time. And everything's going to be on a new grid. You'll have smart products, like we said, but entire cities are going to be smart. Hospitals will be smart. There has been talk for quite a while now, at least the last 20 years, about robots that are coming into hospitals. They're programmed to deliver things. There will be a robot that looks like a cart that comes and delivers meals to patients. There will be robots that can dispense medication in that way or bring supplies that are needed in the hospital rooms. Just when a patient pushes the button for the nursing station, this time there'll be different buttons. Sometimes a patient is just looking for a blanket because they're cold or a pillow or more water brought to them and ice. So there'll be a different button for that where they can select and it'll be a robot type service on a cart that'll bring that to them. This is going to be speeded up now because of what happened after the pandemic and what's happening with the great resignation and more people are moving away from certain jobs that they no longer want to do. There's a nursing shortage. There's a teacher shortage. There's a fast food worker shortage. Uh, there's a shortage in the restaurant in, uh, industry all around. So what companies will do is this will hasten them to move into technology that might have taken longer to do. I should say by this, I'm not encouraging or condoning or saying what my beliefs are one way or another about this. I'm just reporting on the future uh, as, a, as a psychic and a futurist to say what I see coming, what the future trends are. I'm not commenting personally here about whether I think they're going to be for good, bad, or otherwise. I'm just putting the information out here uh, for you to think about, for you to know what's coming and to give your own thoughts about it. But what I see is because the pandemic and 
the great resignation and everything to fall out from all of this is that companies are going to be pushed quicker to move into having robotic technology, smart technology to fill in these gaps. So restaurants like McDonald's and other fast food places have already been doing the research and development to have more robotic technology where you go through the drive-thru, a robot is, is going to take your order. And a lot of the food prep will be robotic. So instead of needing as many workers as they did, there'll be a person back there kind of overseeing, watching the robotic arm that's flipping the hamburger patty and then carrying it and putting it on a bun. And as it moves down the conveyor belt where the lettuce comes on and the condiments and then uh, the robotic hand wraps it in the paper and puts it in the bag, it will require some restructuring, you know, behind the scenes there. But once it's in place, those orders are pretty standard that you order from, especially a fast food place. A lot of that will be done without a lot of human interaction. There will be human observation, kind of overseeing to make sure that uh, nothing happens with the machine or there's not a problem. But it'll be a lot less employees like that. It may even move to where you don't go inside locations like that anymore, that it literally is just a drive-through. Maybe with more drive-through lanes you go through. And it's expanded that way inside with more machinery to run everything on conveyor belts. Cities will change to catch up with this, from subways to running more efficiently with nanotechnology, affecting a lot of city services as well. We're already moving to driverless cars, and hopefully soon, a hovercraft, as I call it, like a flying car, that's able to defy gravity and hover above the ground. This will start first with the drones and then move into bigger vehicles that we see, uh, because that's where the money is for the research on this to create it. Probably someplace like Amazon's uh, creating those bigger deliveries than a drone can normally lift right now. So you'll see that with that or UPS. Another way that the way you shop is going to be very different in the future. And you may have heard about 3D printing and that eventually we'll have these printers in our home where we can print almost anything. You can print metal or wood or plastic. There's things like ears that are being printed, scientists are doing manufacturing body parts like that. There are 3D printers that are able to manufacture homes that are like pop-up homes. And that's going to be really interesting because this will help with, especially in emergency situations. You look at FEMA when there's a natural disaster and they have to bring all those trailers in where they're trying to house people temporarily. With 3D printing, you can print out everything with one of the larger printers there, everything you need to build a temporary house, temporary shelter. And it can all be printed right there from the side. No big trucks needing to get through to haul these trailers. Everything can be printed on site. That's going to change the world of manufacturing. Now imagine going further when we all have these printers in our homes and we're not that far away. And where whatever you see you see it and you purchase it 
and then you're able to print it out from your home. So instead of today where you look online at a store, you see what you want, you select it, you buy it, and then it's shipped to you, think in the future, in the metaverse, your avatar is walking through a store and you're trying on clothes that you can digitally see in your size because you've uh, put in the information of your body measurements and you're seeing on your avatar exactly how that outfit will look on you and then you're paying with your digital cryptocurrency and you purchase the item and that immediately that information gets sent over to you in an email or whichever way digitally it'll be transferred in the future with the code embedded in it from that purchase and then you will open that up and click print on your printer and that outfit will print out. <laughs> I know it's hard to imagine until you've seen a 3D printer, but really take a look at them online and see everything that they're able to produce and create. So imagine not having to wait for delivery. You're going somewhere and you print out the outfit that you wanna have. This is where we're going with 3D printing. And then from there, we're gonna go into 4D printing. Now that's really going to change everything because 4D printing is a little mind-blowing to even think about because it adds so much uh, dimension to everything. 4D printing will really change the world to where it will change the medical industry and what's be, been able to be done on site anywhere. It will add so much technology in your home directly that it may go back to having doctors making house calls, but a lot of it may be done through the robotics as well. So there may be a lot more of staying home for medical health care instead of having to go to the hospital or the doctor. There will be devices that you can be scanned so that you can drink something, let's say, that's uh, in your home. You're, it's like a prescription, and you get something to drink, and inside of it is a nanobot that's going to track through your body as you drink it. And the doctors are able to see through the scanning device what's going on inside. So you may not have more invasive things going on to you or, or being put in a um, you know big machine to scan you. It, they'll just go from the inside out. This may be used to see things in the brain, things in the body, detect cancers, all types of things that normally require x-rays and scans of all types to see what's going on. If it's an ongoing problem, it can send data both to you and your doctor in real time on a consistent basis to show how the body's acting and reacting. Okay, there's a lot more here that I want to talk about, things that I see coming um, that are going to affect, and that's why money has to change to keep up. We're very close to a space race here with other countries even wanting to build some type of space station or some type of base on the moon or Mars. We're very close. We're very close to tourism in space where people will be taking rides. As that happens, it's also going to affect the airline industry. And people are pretty fed up with the way that air travel is being squished in these tiny little seats 
and it taking forever. So I think that the airplanes will also be affected by this new technology and will go back to, I say go back like the Concorde, for those of you that remember the Concorde and how quickly it could fly, but it won't be like that. It'll be fast like that, but a different technology. So we'll get to places much quicker and we'll have more comfortable places to be in inside the aircraft. It's more of a pod where we can be in our little pod area and uh, work if we want and, and um, like a mobile kind of office within there. As we continue to step into this technology where we can be with people everywhere in the metaverse, that's going to think be probably the final death nail in most offices. And when I say offices, I mean big corporations having skyscrapers full of offices or the big companies that have office parks that go for floors and floors and many, many buildings that uh, needing the big office complexes like that to impress people is pretty much dead. And I think in the 2030s, that'll be the end of that type of commercial building. There's just not the same reason for it when people can meet and work everywhere, wearing their goggles, their glasses, where they can, everyone can be in front of them right there in a meeting. It's the next step after Zoom. Uh, and it looks like you're sitting in a conference room with your avatar and everyone's there the same way. So people can be all over the world uh, and even live on the site where they need to be showing, okay, we're in this meeting and we're here to talk about this project. Well, here's two of the people in the meeting and they're on site where the project is. So let's see what's going on there in real time. So people will need to be out and about wherever and we'll be able to show more that way than just sitting in a boardroom or at their desk at their cubicles. As this affects office buildings, it's also going to affect education. Back in 2010, I think it was, maybe 2010, 2011, I'm trying to remember, I was asked to write predictions, what I saw coming in the future, for a book that the Learning Annex was putting together about predictions at that time. And I wrote about the future of education, that in the future, companies are going to step in to help sponsor high schools. And they will kind of be doing on-site training as well. So you could be in high school, but also interning by the corporation, one of the corporations is sponsoring your high school. So maybe you want to go into this kind of career. Well, that's one of the corporate sponsors of the school. So part of the time you're at school learning math and English and all that, but the other half of the day, you're actually interning and working at one of those corporate sponsors. So you're learning about the type of work you want to do in real time. This is going to eliminate the need for a lot of people to go to college because they're getting on-site training for the type of work they want to do, which they'll be certified at. So it's going to help make the jump a little faster and easier in that way. As well, there'll be a continued advancement into virtual teaching and training so that people can live anywhere and be able to study online without having to be in the classroom. Part of this may be hastened by other pandemics 
or other outbreaks coming or just that people are moving around so much. So instead of that, trying to keep up with a new school um, because your work involves a lot of travel, which involves you and your family moving maybe more often, instead of the kids having to adjust to a new school and keeping up with what was taught in one school versus another in the middle of a semester, their online school stays with them wherever they go. So you have to move overseas, no problem. They're still in the same school. Whatever has to be done, it stays familiar to them, the program that they're on. This allows also for students that are advanced to drop in easily no matter where they live and attend any university course that they would like to take at the same time for credit. Say you're living in Kansas and you have an extremely bright student who really is ready for university level courses and Columbia or Cambridge or Oxford or Duke or wherever is offering a course that would really benefit the student. They'll be able to drop into it virtually with their avatar, just like they're sitting there in class, and take these courses, all by being far away where uh, financially that never would have been an option before for them to be able to do that and to take that in real time along with their high school courses that they're in. So much more that will change with that. The way we grow food, the way we supply food to others. There are a lot of weather changes coming and that's going to cause droughts in some areas. It's going to cause flooding in others, fires in some. So even the way food is handled and grown in some ways, it will need to be more portable. Now, I know that sounds funny thinking of portable crops, but it will be necessary. So food in the future may be grown. Think of it, uh, you've heard of hydroponics, where plants are growing in water, but they may also be in, I see them like boxes that are stacked with space in between. And they're on carts that are on wheels and can be moved. Instead of being totally reliant on crops being in the earth on a certain part of land, this way, if there's a drought, if there's any type of problem like that, all of the food is wheeled onto trucks or planes or whatever and moved to a different location. And so it's more portable where there's soil in those boxes or water or whichever way it's grown, but it can be moved around. And so it may be moved in this condition as well where the plants stay growing in these boxes and they're delivered to grocery stores. So instead of getting a crate with tomatoes that were picked several days ago and then put in crates and then hauled across a couple states to get to a grocery store, instead these crates may be delivered where the tomatoes are still growing on the vine and these crates are in the back of the store and the grocer pulls off the tomatoes fresh and they're sold to you that way where it's much better all around for everyone involved and it's farming in a different way uh, that's just mobile which helps to stave off the problems coming with the fluctuating earth changes the freak snowstorms late in the year the flooding everything another area that's going to feel different with the metaverse coming is dating 
it's for a lot of people, it's going to start in a virtual reality. Right now, just the way you meet a person on the app, as we go into the metaverse and things get more digital and cryptocurrency, you may have your first interaction be with your avatars dating. And if you've seen, like I was talking about how the kids pay for things digitally, they use money in the games they play to buy cheat codes or to upgrade their armor and their weapons in the games. Or you see on TikTok, if you watch the videos, people are giving flowers and little gifts to people they like what they're doing. You'll see this in the dating as well. You'll be using your digital currency there. You may buy a bouquet of flowers <laughs> that's given digitally to the person, to their avatar, in this virtual reality scenario while you're dating, or a box of chocolates, or who knows what it might be, a song. You might buy a, you know, a song and say, hey, this is our song, and we're about to hit the wild, wild west again. Remember when technology made a leap and the internet was first a thing? Those of you that can remember that. Before we had cell phones, uh, before we had the internet, and then getting the internet was the wild, wild west. We're about to go there again, this time with AI, artificial intelligence, with, with our avatars, all of it. We're about to throw everything for a loop again. So with that, what's really going to be important is your digital identity. It's going to affect everything. Your digital identity will be connected to your healthcare, to government services, to your social platforms, to your financial services, your communications, your money, your travel, all of your platforms. Even how we purchase real estate in the future will be different. With the new printers coming out, 3D, 4D, we may be purchasing a home that we're able to design in real time with the company we're purchasing the new model home from and change things around, shared together on an app um, as we make changes and push a wall out and provide upgrades in real time that we want the builders to do. And then those walls and areas are printed out on site and installed. It's very possible too, that as we move around more, real estate may mean something different to us, that we may buy a home more as an investment than our permanent place. So we may buy a home in an area that we like, spend some time in it, but as we move, as our life moves, our job brings us to move in different places, we hold on to that as an investment that is rented out as an Airbnb or long-term rental, and we continue to buy and build in different locations. So it's very possible that many of us will own more real estate than we did previously. The homes may not be as big as what we used to buy, but we may own several of them in different locations due to our desire to travel and be in different locations and possibly because of seasonal things that we want to live one place in the winter and another place in the summer and to be able to have these options in that way. So in the future, you may see where it's a design and build according to 3D and 4D printing and that it's done in real time. And when there's not that wait for materials to be shipped in from overseas, when you're able to print on demand, the amount of time it will take to build something should be significantly decreased as well. This is where energy is flowing. 
This is the new era that we're moving into. And so our money has to flow with it as well. It has to keep up with the speed of light, just like the pace of everything else that we're looking to do. I think it's a safe bet to say that the sooner you can start familiarizing yourself with cryptocurrency and how it works so that you get comfortable with what's coming, the easier it will be for you. This is not a if, but more of a when for when it's going to be the new way we measure money. I hope this two-part talk on money was interesting and helpful to you. And if you'd like to hear more of me talking about these things sometimes instead of just about metaphysical topics, please comment or email me through the contact form on exploreyourspirit.com and let me know. I give a lot of talks like this to groups that want to know about the future. And I do this for a lot of topics, not just money, but other trends that are coming in very specific areas like real estate or color for fashion and trends and decor, business, travel, living in general and what it's going to be like. Always happy to share what I'm seeing. Again, this is Kayla Ambrose, your travel guide to the other side. Thanks again for taking a journey with me today.